When there's a fire or medical emergency, most run the other way. For hundreds of volunteers in our community, it's the exact opposite. This year, Portage Health Foundation is celebrating those volunteers with $50,000 in funding. All volunteer emergency services units in Barraga, Houghton, Keweenaw, or Onsonagan County are eligible for this funding with up to $5,000 available per grantee. This grant can be used to fund new turnout gear, make upgrades to vehicles or buildings, and much more. We can't wait to see how this funding will be used to make our community a safer place. Learn more at phfgive.org. Welcome into Copper Country today. This program brought to you by the Portage Health Foundation. You can learn more about them at phfgive.org. I'm Grant Ducetto, joined by two members of the Chesel Lions Club, Judy Everett and Barb Worrell. And we will start this with a little discussion about the Lions Club itself. Where I grew up, there was a Rotary Club. There were some other charitable endeavors. But I don't remember the Lions Club really being a part of the scene there. And so I'm just kind of curious what the Lions Club does, whether it differs on a local basis, you know, from club to club. And, you know, what the Chassel Club in particular, how you guys spend the funds here and what you do for the rest of the year outside of the Strawberry Festival. So, Barb, would you like to weigh in on that? Uh, well, the Chassel Lions Club was chartered way back in 1946. And it has been... Um, a part of the community that long, a very strong part. And um, at the current time, we have about 60 members, men and women, and um, we support the community, the Chassel Schools, we support the Copper Country, we support through Lions Organization, uh, the state, state, uh, and, and internationally. And the big um, focus of the Lions Club for years and years internationally and locally has been with vision and uh, leadership for the blind, uh, leadership dogs for the blind and so on. But now we have expanded to other things like diabetes, ecology, children's health and so on. And in Chassel we support the, the community, the park, the Chassel schools, other organizations in Chassel and then uh, widely through the Copper Country and on. At a prior stop, my last place in Wisconsin, one of the Lions Clubs there, they actually did free vision screenings at the school during the school year. Is that something that happens here? We do participate in Kids Sight, which is a program, and mainly our screening has been at the Coton County Fair. And we have many stories of detection of things that, of vision problems for children that, uh, have been corrected because of this determined but uh, so that's been our main focus as far as the vision part if someone wants to get involved i'm assuming that we're getting back towards face-to-face -to -face meetings with the lions club how do they find you we have a general membership meeting the fourth wednesday of every month and right now they've been outdoors now we can come indoors and um, any chassel lions club member would be able to sponsor a potential Lions Club member. Uh, the applications are online at our Lions Club website. And um, we are one of the largest Lions Clubs in the area. And as far as eligibility goes, do you have to be a resident of Chassel to be part of the Lions Club? Not necessarily, yes, because we do have some Lions Club members that do not live in Chassel, but live in the local area. If somebody were to decide to join yours, does that automatically make them a member of the one, say, in the township or the city that they happen to live in, or is it just your It's just our club, yes. Each club is individual. 
What does the Chaso Lions Club do outside of Strawberry Festival? What are some of the big events? On Halloween, we have a Halloween party for the kids in downtown Chassel, but kids and adults. So we have a, a costume party and, you know, a lot of food to give them. And that's been a historic thing that's been going on ever since the Chassel Lions Club was founded. Now, is that Halloween proper or, you know, roughly around Halloween? The day of Halloween. So it's really nice because when the kids are out trick-or-treating, it's normally gets to be a stormy day on the day of Halloween. So it's nice to bring them indoors where they have activities and food and a costume parade and judging and prizes. So it's, it's a wonderful event. We have literally hundreds of people who come to that. It's just a wonderful community event. And the games that we have are the old-fashioned games. Uh, guess how many things? are in a jar, drop the clothespins, but the kids have a great time. And is that at the school, you said? It is at the Chassel VFW, which okay. is right in the center of town. Gotcha. Yeah, I remember when I was growing up, Halloween was really about the kids, and it seems like it shifted. You have this, you know, certain hours that you can do the trick-or-treating and all the rest, so I never know exactly when it's going to be. The last place I lived was Luxembourg, Wisconsin, and their trick-or-treating for this past year, this past fall, was Saturday, November 1st. So it was oh. after Halloween. It was, <laughs> doesn't make a whole lot of sense, and it was noon to 2 on a Saturday. But, you know, our, our local Chassel School, I mean, it's just a wonderful uh, community school, and and they actually have a Halloween event in the afternoon. And then after the kids go trick-or-treating, then they come to the Lions Club party. And our superintendent of schools is a Lions Club member, you know. That sounds like a lot of fun. It is. It's I a lot of fun. I remember we used to do a parade in the morning. It was a half day. So we would get the afternoon off from elementary school mm-hmm. and we'd have a parade in the morning. When we were kids, they did actually have a parade outside. But at that time of year, we would have our snowsuits on <laughs> under over our costumes. So that's why the VFW Hall is a nice size for that. Yeah, it's always tricky up here when you get to late October. <laughs> Even when I was growing up near Detroit, it, you just never knew. Some years it could be 65 or 70 and other years you needed winter coats you just didn't know and that's certainly true up here because you never know what superior is going to throw at you come so true october but it's a fun event in fact um many of the parents actually dress up in costume too so it it really is a family affair and the high schoolers come in and help us they assist with games the Sagro fraternity comes and is usually our judge, the judges for the costumes, and they help with the games and the cleanup. So it's a real community event. Then we also ring ring the bell for the Salvation Army, and that's a thing that we participate in and have for years. And getting into the actual Strawberry Festival now. It's been kind of warm outside. We've had some days where it's been cool, but we certainly had kind of stretches of warm weather. I've seen some stands already out with strawberries. Is that going to be an issue when we're talking a couple of weeks from now, or are you not worried about that? Uh, Dan Crane, who is a member of our Chassel Lions Club and one of our Chassel uh, Lions Club officers, is also a strawberry farmer. And the nice part of it is, is he says, the weather is cooperating perfectly. Berries will be ready right in time for the festival. But we have in our Strawberry Festival book, which will be distributed um, later this week, we have a list of all the area berry farms. So we have the Nimala Strawberry Farm on Tapiola Road. We have the Crane Berry Farm on Paradise Road. We have the Henry and Kathy Uttenen Strawberry Farm on Klingville Road, and they also sell berries on the highway. And then we have the Rodeo Berry Farm. So those are our, our local strawberry farms, and they will all bring their strawberries to the Chassel Lions Club, which we, we purchase, and we'll be doing a countrywide berry cleaning on Thursday, July 8th. 
I should say a community-wide berry cleaning on July 8th. How did Chancellor become associated with strawberries? It seems like when you live in a small town, all the different, or small, you know, kind of rural area, all the different towns have their own separate events. Obviously, strawberries and Chancellor go hand in hand. How did that kind of association come to be? Well, as I understand it, the Chassel area has just the perfect combination of weather and soil and so on. So in the 20s and the 30s, that's when the berry farm started there. And um, there were a great many of them years ago, and not as many now, but there are still are very fruitful growers. We have a large farming community, at least at, in those days. The Paradise Road is where the early French Canadians came and settled. And once they cleared the land, the farms developed. So they all grew, you know, potatoes and, and then um, crops for their um, animals. But then the Clingville area, which is on Snake River Hill, and then the Clingville Road also became a large growing area. So at that time, almost every single farmer had a patch of strawberries. And we had one of the largest farms back in those days on the Clingville Road. In fact, all of us kids would be picked up with their trucks and they would bring us into the berry fields to pick berries. And the berries were so prominent in those days that we actually shipped them by railroad car to the cities. So they were going to Milwaukee to Minneapolis. Milwaukee, Minneapolis, Chicago, yes. Mm-hmm. Probably not quite to Detroit because it's a little bit more difficult. It's not quite as direct of a route to get, <laughs> right, get down there. Right. And then the Strawberry Growers Association formed. So, you know, it's it's been a big historic part of our community. And it's wonderful that we still have strawberries growing today. Nemaloff Strawberry Growers have a very early variety. So those would be the berries that you've been seeing seeing um, being for sale on the highway. Sure. Um, you said this was the biggest event in Chassel. How many people usually kind of stop by? Well, we actually plan for 4,000 strawberry shortcakes between Friday the 9th and Saturday the 10th, and we normally sell out. So we are normally out of berries, out of cakes. They're all made fresh starting at 9 o'clock on Friday morning, and then we start that all over again on Saturday morning. Did COVID present any issues as far as planning this year, or are you going with full-bore strawberry festival? It's a full-bore strawberry (laughs) festival. You know, we've got the real optimistic, positive attitude group, you know, and so we had planned all along that we would have a strawberry festival of some sorts. Last year, we only had the Queen pageant, and it was done virtually. And we had, you know, 12 candidates last year, for even though it was COVID, but it was all set up so that everybody was social distance. This year, we don't have those issues. So it is a full-bore strawberry festival. We have 13 queen candidates. We have a full two days of activities. So it's going to be a wonderful event. And Lois Berg, who does our um, PR for the club, she said everybody that she's talked to is so excited that the strawberry festival is here back Mm full-bore. I can't tell you how many people have been asking for literally months Um, since they know I was associated with the festival about are you having it, what are you doing, how are you going to do it, and so on, and it's all worked out. Because I know I was talking to Pine Mountain Music Festival last week, and they said that they had to plan for both an indoor and an outdoor type concert yes. just in we case. Had plan A, B, mm. C. Yes. So I'm sure that you guys probably at least had to look into alternatives as well. Yep. Yes, we did. We had a schedule of if it's a full bar, we'll do this, and if it's not, we'll do this. 
And um, as far as the schedule goes, why don't we kind of talk about uh, what's happening? It starts, obviously, on Friday, July 9th, and it starts early in the morning. Yes, 9 o'clock in the morning. The first thing that happens is we get ready about 8 o'clock because the health inspector will come to make sure everything is in order. And then we start serving strawberry shortcake, and it's really interesting, but people are ready for strawberry shortcake at 9 o'clock in the morning. They are, and several times during the day, too, so... <laughs> And then as we get through the day, I see there's going to be some exhibits and arts and crafts. So essentially a vendor type market that pops up starting at 10 a.m. And that's going all day as well. Yes, right in um, our Chassel Centennial Park. We'll have all the vendors set up. They'll be spread across the parking lot all the way down to the lake. And we average about 70 vendors. And we already had vendors last year paying their money for this year. They were so anxious anxious to come. So that's of vendors and I would guess with last year just because so much was not happening and even this year we had bridge fest and some other cancellations plus a lot of people had extra time that maybe they don't normally have that the vendors are going to be loaded with stuff they're going to need some place and some way to get rid of some of it too that is for sure and the actually sell out moving on to later on in the afternoon it looks like starting at 4 o'clock, there's going to be the fish boil dinner. So does fish and strawberry shortcake, does that go together? Because <laughs> it doesn't seem like the most natural pairing. Well, the fish boil is, starts at 4 o'clock in the afternoon, and that is cooked right outside near, near the uh, parking area. And they'll be able to eat it at the tables in the pavilion, in, in the outside pavilion, or they can take it home with them. And that actually sells out and we used to have, for years, have a banquet, a strawberry festival banquet. But then, um, because fish were, the, the fishing was a very prominent thing in Chassel also, that was just kind of a natural um, moving on to the fish tradition for quite a few years now. So you're essentially pairing two different traditions, the agricultural tradition with the fishing tradition and marrying them together Chassel. in one event. Yes. Yep. Mm -hmm. As far as the Chassel Heritage Center, I know they do extended hours. How big is this weekend, the Strawberry Festival weekend, for them? That is when we have the most people that come to the museum. And it is a wonderful museum. It's in our old Chassel grade school. It is also happens to be a Chassel All-School Reunion weekend. So the Chassel All-School Reunion will be on Sunday at the park. So they, we will have a lot of attendance at the museum. And the museum is wonderful because we start off with a timeline room, which brings back the whole history. It's a, actually a self-guided tour. You walk through one of the grades, and it has for everything from when Chassel began as a community, um, all the farming community, the old country schools. So there's a lot for people to see. We have a Friends of Fashion room. When Chassel celebrated their centennial 35 years ago, the Friends of Fashion was formed. That was formed by Nancy Leonard, who owned the Einerlei, and one of our former teachers, who is now the president of Friends of Fashion. Both were interested in the old-fashioned dress from back from the 1800s. So they together, because of their personal value of those clothes, formed the Friends of Fashion. So every year, the Friends of Fashion puts on a very very historic Friends of Fashion show. 
So Sandy does all of the research regarding the history that they're going to, you know, concentrate on. And then she pairs that with the dress of that day. And it's an hour-long show. It's usually in the Chassel Heritage Center in the auditorium, which is an air-conditioned comfort. And they will not be doing it on Strawberry Festival weekend, but they will be doing it the last Sunday of July. And the reason is, is in 2019, we had one of the greatest bands at the Strawberry Festival. It was Mike Urbis and Friends. So that band happens after the parade. The people loved the music so much that we had one-third of normally what we have at the Friends of Fashion Show. So with all the work that they put into the Friends of Fashion Show, they decided, well, we're not going to compete with the Strawberry Festival. Instead, we'll do it on our own weekend, and so it's going to be done the last Sunday of this month. And it will be called, this show will be titled, Celebrating America. In the Friends of Fashion room that I had started off with, they have mannequins dressed with all the people that lived on Paradise Road back to 1885, all the historic families. And so there's a photo, there's a woman and a man dressed in period dressed with the whole history of that Paradise Road area. So that's always a very important room for people to go in and just see that old history. Then we have a room which is all dedicated to strawberries, the history of strawberry growing in Chassel. And then we have a room that is the historic room where um, for graduation, the first graduating cl- class of Chassel, which was 100 years ago, all the way up until the new school was built in 1996. And we have the historic displays of the Chassel uh, boys basketball team that in the 60s won the state championship three years in a row. So all those photos and the history is there. Plus we have some videotapes of old days in Chassel that normally during a reunion the tapes are played so people can see some of those old historic figureheads that were in Chassel. So it's a great museum to visit. And it's well attended, especially on Festival Weekend because everybody is, and Reunion Weekend, because everybody is coming to show their children and their grandchildren, you know, where they went to school, where we went to school, actually, we went to school in that building, and uh, the graduation pictures and so on. So that's why it's just such a popular place during that weekend, too. Moving on to the evening on Friday, July 9th, starting at 5 o'clock, we have the judging of the strawberries. What does that entail? Well, it's a... They're flats of beautiful berries that the area farmers bring, and they're judged. Who is going to be the king of strawberries or queen of strawberries this year? And then when, after that is judged, when the, the judges are tallying up the scores for the queen candidates, we have a strawberry auction. So the very first auction item will be the winning flat of strawberries. One year, it's sold for almost $1,000. <laughs> And as far as what they're judging, are we talking color, shape, size, taste? All of that. All of it. Okay. All of that, yes. <laughs> Sounds like a tough job, by the way, <laughs> being a judge of strawberries. Especially when you get to taste them. <laughs> you get a little sneak peek as far as what everybody's going to be bidding and going crazy for in just a couple hours afterwards. And then it looks like there's a children's parade at 6 o'clock on that Friday. Yes, um, the children from the area or even outside the area um, come and with all kinds of strawberry themed uh, floats. It's within the pavilion, so it's non-motorized. It's it's bikes, it's uh, wagons and all that kind of thing with different strawberry themes. 
and the children parade around and then they're judged by, I believe, one of the basketball teams from Michigan Tech. And then um, prizes are awarded and then there are prizes and ribbons for everybody to have too. So it's just a fun, um, positive event. Speaking of Michigan Tech, we'll get back to the itinerary here in a second, but I see that they are doing some stuff with the uh, Great Lakes Education Center and a, a boat launch going on on Sunday. Has Michigan Tech always played a big role in this festival, or is this something that's fairly new? For quite some, quite some time now, the um, Michigan Tech Odyssey Research Vessel has been at the um, boat dock in Chassel on a Saturday of the Strawberry Festival, and they actually do every half hour they fill the boat, and there's a sign-up sheet for whatever time you want to want to go out on the boat, and it, it is really popular. The lines are long, and normally they end up having to do an extra tour because it's so popular. So we were really happy that the Agassiz was going to be able to join us again this year because it is a big draw to the festival. That is happening on Saturday. Getting back to Friday night and some of the the final events of the evening, including the introduction of the Queen candidates and then the actual crowning of the Queen. I'm assuming there's uh, eligibility requirements as far as who can be a part of that contest? Yes, there is actually a form that each candidate does fill out. But before we do that, um, we will have, of course, Pledge of the Allegiance, and we'll have the National Anthem, but then we will introduce our um, Chassel Citizen of the Year, followed by our Chassel Young Person of the Year. So those two awards will take place. And then Lara Nevis um, will take over. She's our Queen Pageant Director, introducing all 13 Queen candidates. So we have seven from Houghton, two from Chassel, we have one from Lake Linden, one from Dollar Bay, and one from Calumet. So it's just a nice area-wide um, young ladies that participate, and the Queen does is awarded a, a scholarship from the Lions Club. Now, do the Queen candidates have to be tied to the strawberry industry in any way? Do not. Okay. Because when I was living in Huron County, um, they would have all kinds of different festivals. There's a fish festival. There was the Huron County Fair where the Bean Queen was mm-hmm. crowned. And sure. because yep. of all the different uh, agricultural um, activities that they have down there, this is the Lower Peninsula, you actually had to be directly related to farmers within a couple generations, whether it was the bean growing industry or sugar beets or you know any of them, really. Back in the olden days, it was that way, too. We used to have a potato queen because mm-hmm. Chelsea was a large potato growing area, too. <laughs> I always got a, got a chuckle out of the bean queen, and I don't know if I'd want to be the fish queen. The fish queen, I might have to leave for somebody else. But, uh, oh, for sure. The strawberry queen would be a good one. Yeah, that would be a great title to have. And it's so neat because so many times that queen's in a red dress. Uh-huh. And they are sponsored, the candidates are sponsored by local organizations or local businesses. You mentioned the application. What else do they have to do, you know, outside of maybe some of the, is there like an interview process that they have to go through as well? There will be an interview process. Yes, we will have three judges and the judges will have one-on-one interviews with each of the queen candidates. So that'll be half of their score. And then in front of the crowd, they're, they're judged on how they conduct themselves, how they answer questions on stage. They'll each pick their questions out of a, a little strawberry basket. And um, so the judges do judge them on that. And it's wonderful because they will parade through the audience. So everybody will be up close and personal, will be able to see all the Queen candidates. And the pavilion is always packed for that event. And what's the age range? 
I believe the age range is 16 through, I think, maybe 20. Okay. So do you get some Michigan Tech students every once in a while? Or? Um, in, in my recollection, we've only had one young lady that had already graduated from high school and was a Michigan Tech college student. Normally, they're young ladies who are either still in high school, mm-hmm. have just graduated, and are on their way to college. Gotcha. Uh, getting into Saturday... You got the breakfast going on at the Chassel School, and it looks like the Chassel High School student group is actually putting that on. Yes, it'll be at our Chassel High School, where there will be a, you can come and have a nice home-cooked breakfast and have your car washed while you're eating breakfast. So oh. it's a wonderful event that the students do, and they that's the, how they earn their money to go on their class trip. Father's Day came a little bit late, but it's still going to work. That sounds like the perfect way to celebrate that. It sure is. And it looks like we got strawberry shortcake and all the rest being served again, only until 4 o'clock, though, on Saturday. Yes, because we will sell out of strawberries probably around 4 o'clock. And usually when when the vendors have are closing up and the strawberry shortcake's all sold, you know, it's time for people to move on to something else. And there's also a parade that happens at 11. So you have the children's parade on Friday night, and then come Saturday we have the actual strawberry festival parade. And the Chassel Parade starts at 11 o'clock on the button. And it starts at the south end of town, comes through town, so the road will be closed off to the end of the town. And that is also very well attended. It's one hour long. But the Queen candidates will be riding in the parade, along with our Youth Citizen of the Year and our Citizen of the Year floats, bands, it's, it'll, it's a great event. How many different organizations usually have a float in the parade? Well, floats, you know, have become a little more popular than they used to be. I know the Friends of Fashion are actually going to be in the parade this year, passing out pamphlets about their show, their upcoming show, on the um, end of July. So that's a wonderful event. I'm sure the reunion uh, group, especially the, the class celebrating 50 years or the 125 years, they'll have a float in the parade. Um, we have a um, woman who always brings her horses and they ride in the parade all dressed up. So it's just a wonderful variety of a parade. And then there's also going to be music after the parade is done. Through it's, most of Saturday afternoon, it it'll like. be a very popular group. Actually, last last festival, which was 2019, when we had the parade and music, it was Mike Urbis and Friends. Well, his band is now called Lightning Ridge, and the pavilion will be packed from the time they play until they're done. And actually, in 2019, people were actually collecting donations so they could contribute more so they would play longer. That's how popular they were. Nobody wanted to leave. They were they were just so excellent, so popular. And what kind of music is that? It sounds like maybe bluegrass or, or country. It's, it's both. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. Right. Uh, anything else going on with the Copper Country Strawberry Festival that we haven't covered that you think should get mentioned? Well, the Cherisel Heritage Center is open again on Saturday, and um, there will be a lot of people there, as as it will be on Friday. But then um, we have we announced the parade winners at two o'clock over the microphone, so that if people have participated in the parade, you know everybody is awarded a prize if they're you know judged. We have judges for that, so the parade parade winners will be announced but then it'll also be in the newspaper for the strawberry festival do you get a lot of people coming in from outside the area or is it mostly a local secret stuff no we do actually there are our former residents of chassel that now live in downstate 
in Illinois, in Milwaukee, that come home for the Strawberry Festival. And actually, last year, they were really bummed because we didn't have a Strawberry Festival book because we had such limited activities. And we have people who have collected Strawberry Festival books from the time it first began, and they were so disappointed that now they're going to have a year without a Strawberry Festival book. So they're all looking forward to that. And people come from throughout the the UP, too. Some with no connection to Chassel, but they just know it's a great celebration. We've worked really hard to keep it a family celebration, and um, I think that's one reason it's been so popular through the years. Actually, family celebration in that there is no liquor served in the park. And it seems to be a nice thing for you guys in that you kind of have this weekend by yourself. My aunt, who, because my dad's side of the family comes from Wakefield over by oh. Ironwood and the mm-hmm. Wisconsin border, she's actually going to be in town over the 4th because she's going back for a class reunion. And I know that's a very popular weekend in the UP for class reunions and, and the like. Yep. But your homecoming is the next weekend. You kind of get away from some of the, you get the spotlight to yourself, essentially. A- absolutely. We do don't compete with July 4th. So the Strawberry (laughs) Festival has always been followed. We follow July 4th. Mm -hmm. So if July 4th is on the first weekend of the month, we'll be the second weekend of the month. So that is true, yes. Anything else you guys want to mention before we uh, wrap this up? Well, when you asked about people coming from, you know, throughout the UP, I mean, people from Marquette and Iron Mountain and Wakefield, they'll all be there, Iron River, because they come every year. It's something they really look forward to. Like Barb said, we've been getting so many calls and people questioning us, knowing that we're from Chassel. Are we going to have a strawberry festival? So we're so happy that it's going to happen. It sounds like it's going to be a great time. Thank you for joining me on Copper Country today. And thank you for having us. Judy Everett and Barb Worrell from the Chassel Lions Club.